0: I got a couple scars from church basketball. Yeah, yeah. Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not safe, John. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, you will no longer be the chairman. You'll be a free man. Right? What are you to do all this free time now?
1: <laughs> Is this where I say I'm going to? We're going to Disney World? <laughs> like, um, we're not. We've already been, and I, I'm still resting from that. Um,
0: <laughs> Come see Brandy. She'll get you a free defensive driving
2: i'll comp your registration no questions asked bless
1: you yeah <laughs> that may be help it might come in i handy. just want
0: to point out because you said that uh, you were sitting down having coffee with doug martin D- just click doug's not having coffee no doug's not having <laughs> coffee <laughs> thank, thank you yes. brandon yes thank you for for making sure that i didn't get a phone call after this to clarify my standing thank you <laughs> yeah, i got you doug <laughs> saving lives saving lives saving lives saving lives saving lives, saving lives, saving lives, saving lives. By promoting safety and health through education, services, and products, this This, is Utah Safety Podcast. podcast, Speaking up up for safety. So I don't know if we're live or not live. That sounds really good. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, today is August 12th, 2022. We're here at This is confusing, so everybody pay attention out there. We are at the University of Utah campus, Rice Eccles Football Stadium, in the Ken Garf Scholarship Club. That's a lot. It's a mouthful, but we made it. I made it. I'm here uh, with Brandon Long, who's with the Banding Collective, and he's our podcast producer today. I, by the way, am John Wojcikowski. Uh, I'm the president of the Utah Safety Council. I don't know how that happened, but we have Doug Martin here, who's the treasurer from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He can kind of explain how I got here and how he got here. But the, uh, the the one person that's been here through all of it is Brandi Crockett, the vice president of operations at the Utah Safety Council, a 20-year veteran now. So she has stories to tell, and I'm sure we'll hear some today. But we're here speaking up for safety. That's the name of our podcast, and I think this is officially show number three or four. Just depending, but so Doug, you're you're still uh, in, in the breaking in period with our podcast. So I apologize up front for anything we may say or do, but I will say I never thought in my lifetime I would actually be sitting down and having coffee with the uh, the president or the president, the treasurer of the Church <laughs> of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Maybe tell us about that. What's it like? Uh, how'd you get that gig? Did you just applied for it on Indeed or? <laughs>
1: It, it was probably even less dramatic than that, to be honest with you. I was actually a pre-med major at the U and uh, had all kinds of aspirations for my career and life. And, um... No one mentioned to me that you don't want to go into medicine after you've been married and already have three kids. You might want to start sooner than that. And so I had served a mission for the church. I had uh, was working at Zion's Bank, and I said to myself, uh, I ought to look around and see what's out there. And so one day someone from the church came into the bank and said, hey, we'd love to have you... Come and work in treasury at the church. Um, just a clerk position. It was it literally paid fifty dollars more a month than what I was making at the bank. Uh, I had no intention of being a business anything. I was going to be. I was going to pursue this uh, this medical thing or or physical therapy. And I went to work for the church and. It's a very long and sorted tale, but I'm still there. I stayed in Treasury, been going on 34 years now. I've done every job in Treasury, and uh, now I'm the Director of Treasury and the Treasurer of the Church, and that has brought me to a position where I got a chance to serve with the Safety Council, and we'll probably get into that some.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Okay. I know, to my knowledge, Brand, we've always had some sort of representation from the Church on the board, or maybe not.
2: As long as I can remember. I mean, in the 20 years I've been here, right, there's been somebody, and I actually was trying to think about that this morning. Who was your predecessor? So
1: his name was Paul Riding, That's and, right. and Paul was there nine years, and I've been there nine years, so we're pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened before Paul. Yeah. Paul is my my peer. He's the, he's, a, he's the director of risk management for the church. Uh, Paul's an attorney, and, and so Paul, the way I came to be is Paul called me one day and said, hey... I serve on a board and the church has representation there. We'd like to have somebody there. Um, he didn't have somebody in his safety team at the time that he felt would be a good contributor. He, the safety council at that time had just come off of um, Bob, I think. Correct. Right. Yeah. And and so there was real transition because Bob was the godfather of safety <laughs> and the safety council. And so Brandy was was sort of new and had kind of begun to be the, the carrier of the torch at the safety council. And um, at that point, Uh, Paul said, would you do this? And I I have served. I still serve on several volunteer boards, and and that's the thing I had done, and I enjoyed that. And so I said, I'd be happy to do it, not knowing what that meant. And so I was introduced at an annual meeting, sort of like we're gonna have today, not knowing anyone or anything. Brandy was kind enough to come to my office and sort of give me the spiel on what the safety council was. I've never been a forklift operator driven long haul truck (laughs) or had anything to do with a real job. And so it was really (laughs) interesting to me to see that people did that and that they were uh, conscious about how, that they did it well, that they did it safe. I've met and, and understood Amazing people over the last nine years who are in the industries that are dangerous and difficult and mining and, and refining. And so I began that sojourn with the safety council and I immediately gravitated towards the finances, obviously. So the conversations Brandy and I had early on were all financially based. And it was I was just curious as to what how things had been done. Um, it finances had not been a real priority at the Safety Council. It had just sort of been something that had to be done to get on with the rest of the work. And so I dove into that head first and that to me was exciting. Brandy and I spent many a day at Wells Fargo and at other U.S. Bank and talking to people.
2: A lot of a, field trips. A, little we took, field, yeah, yep. a few
1: field trips we <laughs> met in the parking lots uh, <laughs> to, to get our gird up our loins and go over to the bank and tell them we need better service. And uh, so over the course of the years, we've we've really taken And I think finance from being sort of an also-ran at the Safety Council to being a very well-understood, and and I think Brandy and Laura have done a fantastic job of making it uh, pretty much standard and operational, and and that's been sort of the journey that I've been on uh, as I've come. And it's been nice uh, at the church to continue to—that has given me a chance to get involved with some of the blue-collar work at the church to understand— to me, what do we do with a safety council and, and could we do more? And I think Nathan will per- perhaps take us to the next level there to say, uh, because the church is, has a very, a very strong safety culture. There's a lot to be done with, the church has one of the largest private motor pools in the world. And for you to be able to drive a church vehicle, you've got to take a safety course. You've got to be able to prove that you've. if you have a personal accident, that impacts your ability to use a, a church vehicle. The, I know that all the contractors they hire, there's a very personal protection is a very important uh, criteria of a contractor to do a job for the church. Some of the major disasters around have been created by construction accidents, and so that's something that even at my job as a finance guy, I hear that talked about anytime there's a job that's about to be uh, undertaken by the church. So safety is something that I've been grateful to sort of have a front seat, that there is an organization like the Utah Safety Council that makes that a priority and then helps an employer who may not have internal resources to do that, Really, uh, this is a great resource, and I think the church has used it and should continue to use it widely.
0: Well, you really did dive in, in in 2013, not only with the finances, but, you know, like you said, you uh, you really uh, took a second look at what's going on at the church with the blue collar operations. Uh, between that and being at the center of the safety industry in Utah, uh, what have you noticed or are there any notable evolutions from 2013 to, you know, 2022 where, uh, you know, we didn't do things as well as a state or as an organization in regards to safety then, but uh, now look at where we're at.
1: That's a great question. I, I, it's hard for me to know whether the, the evolution has been with me or with the systems because I've become aware. I don't know how much of that was out there before, uh, but there, there's no question to me that some of the things that at the Safety Council I've been impressed with are the personal concerns about seatbelt safety, child safety seat installations, things like that. There was a program we went, re, we ran at some point that was about, um, you could sort of rat somebody out if you saw them, you know?
2: Yeah. We still have it. It's called buckle up for love. Okay. So it's still around.
1: Yeah. And so that to me, I'd, I've used that a few times and I just think if, if that was more prominent and we could do it with good nature, we're not there to, you know, we're not trying to get people stoned in the alleyways, but at the end of the day, having people recognize that other people are watching, it helps It helps all of us do better when we know that people look around and say, and and all of us have been tempted and probably done it where we're just going around the block. We're just going a couple, you know, uh, just to the run to the store and, and they can, we can just throw them on the seat and all as well. Um, And so to me, I have seen that evolution to where it's sort of okay to talk about that. It's okay to judge, if you will, somewhat to say, Hey guys, everybody ought to be doing this. And that, and that's not just about individual personal safety or child safety, but I think the same thing has happened with with workplace safety. And we've talked about it at the council. I think there's still a huge opportunity with, as we are going to becoming such a technology uh, center in Utah and with the silicone slopes and the major companies that are coming into the state of Utah, they all have the same safety concerns. They don't know it in many cases because that's another department. That's somebody down the hall that should worry about that. But I've come to understand that it's pretty much everybody's job. It doesn't matter where you sit in the organization, if you will make that a priority and sort of ask the right questions, uh, we probably have the opportunity to see that even get better than it's been. But I've I feel that we have a better culture of safety. I feel the Utah Safety Council as a as an organization has been a big part of that. And and I feel like there is there's room to grow. I think there's still work to be done.
0: Doug, you talk like a young hip guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm not Rat, ratting people out and stoning in the alley, you know, as as a young Latter-day Saint growing up in Utah. I never, I mean, I had visions, right, of what maybe the church treasure would be like, but you're kind of, you're kind of bringing the cool, right?
1: Well, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot there. Um, as you mentioned at the beginning, we, we, there's a culture here and, and I think the culture is, is becoming more inclusive. I think we're doing a better job of of allowing, uh, people have often thought about being in a religious organization and being in a state where the religious organization is a predominant player, it does, it influences a lot of things. And one of the things that, that people dislike about coming to Utah sometimes is that they feel like if you're not participating in the in the predominant religion that you don't belong or that you don't have a place here. And if you go to any other state or any other place and you want to participate in a religion there, people are just interested that you participate. It's fun for just to know that you are Christian, for instance, or that you have a, a, a religious faith or a tradition. And here I think we're getting better at accepting. And I don't think we were always that the judgment was as pronounced as it as many many people perceived it to be, but I think for me working at the church and now interfacing with for the church with companies and with individuals around the state i think we're doing better at recognizing that we always accepted each other but i think it's now probably more prevalent than it's ever been before and and like you said for your experience being here i didn't know when i was literally i was 19 21 years old i guess working at zions bank i didn't at that time when the guy from the church office building said to me would you like to come to work in treasury was the first time in my life that I const- contemplated that there was a corporate entity at the church. The church was always somewhere <laughs> I went, right? It was something that I participated in. It wasn't a company or an organization. So that was the first day I went, so what do you, so that's what you're doing over there. It's not like there's, there's not like meetings going, like church meetings going on over there. You guys are like running a multinational global organization. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and obviously my eyes are open to that pretty widely now.
0: Yeah, they don't teach that in Sunday school. At yeah, we all. don't
1: have that class. I, in, if you live where I live, you do. I was a state president for t- nine years, and and I I taught lots of classes ab- about what the church is yes it has it is a religion there's a belief system there's there's opportunities to be involved in many things that are family and and that but there's also a very sophisticated business entity that operates globally and and frankly does a lot of good humanitarian wise and and really looks for opportunities to we, we going back to the, the the thought of how we could perhaps help people the, the church is in a position where I travel the world and see a lot of, of situations around the world. And, and in every case where I meet with a banker or a, a financial service provider in some country, my first question to them is, what are they doing in their community to make things better? And my commitment on behalf of the church is that when we're there as an organization, we are not going to take resources from their local community and invest it elsewhere. If there are donations made in their country, they're used locally, and then they're infused with, with further donations from the church. And so I'll say to the banker, if you, drop, if you lower my fees so that I pay less for you, I promise you we'll reinvest that into your neighborhood. We'll do that for good education, English language— uh, neonatal care. There are, there are things that can be done with, with the money that's already being spent in corporate America that will make such a difference for people. And so as a church and, and just as a global partner, I think we've really worked hard to try to expand our influence. And, and that's why I think the church would invest in having their treasurer spend time with the Utah Safety Council because that's another opportunity where the community is enhanced because of the good work that you guys do.
0: Well, I'll comment on your uh, statement about the church investing in communities. Even the people that, you know, maybe don't agree with what the church does, they stay because the church has made investments in communities and the schools are good. It's a great place to raise your kids and they stay. And I think a lot of that is because of the investments the church has made. And so, yeah, agree. Yeah. Agree. I I just. <laughs> I just want to point out because you said that uh, you were sitting down having coffee with Doug Martin. D- just to clarify, Doug's not
1: having coffee. No, here. Doug's not having yeah. coffee. Thank yes. you, Brandon. <laughs> yes, thank you for, for making sure that I didn't get a phone call after this to clarify my standing. Thank you. Yeah, I got you, Doug.
0: <laughs> so, nine years. Nine years, uh, 2013 to, uh, and today's your last day. Right. Uh, but nine years on the Utah Safety Council board. You've been chairman for a couple of years. You've been all on all the committees, the finance committee uh you've been the treasurer for the utah safety council you've been on the awards committee uh what would you say has been your favorite thing or your the thing you're most proud of uh, serving on the board here
1: well i think my favorite thing was getting to know the the team i think going through as you said john we 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 said goodbye to another president and you came along Um, through that all brandy was here and and pretty much the steady influence Um, so for me the people uh, getting to know the people to see the passion in in the people lots of people have jobs and the safety council works a little like church employment in that you won't ever take that job for the money right you don't you don't come there because it's going to be the most lucrative opportunity but you do have an opportunity to to influence some very very powerful things and i think so for me being part of that uh, has been the biggest thing i don't think i contributed anything other than perhaps the opportunity for the team to focus on certain things so their job every day was so multifaceted they have so many things to do that when i rode into town we could spend a few hours talking about finance or credit card processing or whatever the pro- the investment strategy and and just spend a few hours on that which is really all you need if you're if you're managing it and maintaining it correctly so to me that was certainly my forte because that's where my experience lies but for me my favorite thing was to, to see the expansion to see the continued growth to see the 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 embracing of an awards culture where people like today will will go out of their way as a company as an individual to do something spectacular. And and to read sort of our, we just went through the awards thing and to read some of the stories of people who saved lives or people who made, who really worked on a safety culture in an organization. Anybody who's worked in an organization knows that is an uphill sled. There's just, that just doesn't happen if you want to change a culture. And uh, so for me, the enjoyment has really been seeing that happen, seeing that happen with me personally, and to be a part of a team while it happened with everyone else.
0: Well, Miss Crockett or Mrs. Crockett, Uh Brandy, what say you, what has been uh, Doug's greatest contributions to the Utah Safety Council and safety in Utah? How has it evolved from 2013 to 2022 under Doug's leadership? Mm,
2: Well, that's a good question. I also think, I mean, Doug said, uh you know, you allowed us and and helped us focus more on finances, and I think that's absolutely true. We wouldn't have done it. I think I've appreciated everything, all the information that you've given me personally and and the council and I think what's most important, we've had board members, even board members that have stayed for nine years um that have attended the required meetings and and gone through the motions but i've I've always felt like you have truly cared and it wasn't just a meeting you attended. It was, you know, you were clearly part of the organization. And so um, I think it's just been fun getting to know you. He throws out a mean first pitch at a baseball game. So that, you know, seeing you as you're sitting here dressed in your suit and, you know, in your finance world, but then, you know, getting to know you and your family and and seeing, you know, that we're all people, real people. and, And that aspect, I think that's been awesome for me personally. But I think you've just allowed the council to really look at business in a different way. You know, before you, I, I don't remember if there was like a financial person on the board. But what I appreciated is that you didn't just come to talk about finances. You did that awesome. You, you were great at that. But then you also helped just look at other aspects of the business. And um, so I just think you were there, dependable. I could always rely on you. And I just think you've really impacted us as an organization to move forward. We've really shifted the way we think because of everything that you've done for us. So I think that's awesome. Well,
1: that's very kind. Thank you.
0: I know. Now I feel bad like we never paid you. (laughs) (laughs) Other than like some (laughs) T-shirts and some stickers. It is a volunteer position. It's a lot of work. It really is. we, We do ask a lot of the board members and and. I think it's required to have four meetings, but we never just have four. There's always four plus emails, plus phone calls, plus events. And and uh, you've always answered the call. And there's really no perks other than podcasting. Podcasting, yeah. Podcasting. yeah. <laughs>
1: but, but I'll tell you one thing, John. Uh, the downside of the swag is that anytime I have a Utah Safety Council shirt on, I literally <laughs> put it on and I think, okay, today I'm going out to uh, – Prune the peach tree. I'm going to be at the top of a ladder. If I show up at the emergency room today with my Utah Safety Council (laughs) shirt on, and I've literally thought that, and and we have a picture in our family that we laugh about that our one of my sons, I I'm I'm certainly the same shape and size that I've ever been, but. I had a shirt that I didn't wear anymore, and so one of my sons was wearing it. We were at my dad's at his grandpa's house uh, trimming the apricot tree, and he, there was this one limb he couldn't get, so he's hung out on a limb. The, the ladder's leaning. He's off, hanging on a limb, and, and and somebody got a picture of him with the Utah Safety Council shirt on, and, and we captioned that at our family to say, this is the not Utah Safety Council method of trimming a tree. Uh, so yeah, the swag's nice, but you got to be careful where you wear it, is that's, all I'm saying. It's true.
0: It's funny because we had that same conversation with employees when they take the Safety Council logoed van anywhere in the community. Like, they need to be <laughs> on their best behavior when they're behind the wheel and parking. Exactly. Yeah, so go, you know, below the speed limit. <laughs> Don't cut anybody off because we hear about it very quickly.
1: <laughs> I'm sure.
0: Well, as uh, you mentioned, Nathan Spencer, he's the uh, safety officer uh, for the church. What would be your advice to him, you know, as he now is will be a trustee a board? Uh, member on the Utah Safety Council
1: yeah I, I have uh, I don't I don't know Nathan super well I know of him and, and Paul recommends him super highly uh, I'm excited because he's in the safety field it's time for the safety council to have a representative from the church who also has a safety background so what I look what my, my advice to him is a to Brandy's point for me the blessing was throwing myself all the way in rather than just play on the side fringes and do the minimum I think getting involved enough to be able to understand what your contribution can be so do that and then at the same time let's drag the safety council back into the church e- even deeper into the into the the products and the services because I look at the the usage and we're not as big of a, a user as we would be if you were going by size the size of our organization would indicate we would probably have opportunities to do more than we do so for Nathan that would be my thought is to is to help bring us Uh, and, and he's going to have the connections and the understanding that I don't have and that I haven't been able to, to sort of develop. And so I, that would be my counsel to him.
0: Well, you know, as the finance person with a big organization, uh, you know a lot of safety managers and and companies across Utah they really struggle sometimes to get investments from the company into the safety program and oftentimes the approach they take is boy it costs a lot for a company not to have a safety program from what you've explained, the church has always been heavily invested in keeping employees safe within the organization. Why is that? Was it, uh, I mean, did somebody like Nathan, you know, make a PowerPoint presentation and say, hey, you know, we're going to lose money if we're not installing a safety program? Or what was it? that caught the attention with the finance people at the church that I said, yeah, we need to mitigate, you know, some of these problems ahead of time so we don't, you know, run into issues later on.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I would, li- I would love to think that it was In advance and a mitigation effort. But the truth is, uh, in some of those cases, we got we got dinged. There were there were accidents, there were things and like any major corporation. And I think that I think Paul gets credit. I don't know long how, how long Nathan's been a part of the organization. But Paul has has done a a great job as a as a director of a department to be the one who sent that email to make that make that presentation paul makes a presentation every time there is an a a change in the organization new leadership new uh, individuals assigned to new areas of the world the area the church is set is divided in about 16 area offices around the world and those 16 offices look a little like the church office building in Salt Lake, but sitting in major cities, Tokyo and Sydney and places like that around the world. And in each of those, Paul has taken the effort to, to create a safety culture in each of those offices that then report into him. And, having, and, and actually having safety professionals that are hired for just that that uh, task. thats not a, That hasn't been happening for a long time. That's a newer uh, sort of approach. I just met a guy uh, on Monday that Paul is sending as a missionary who was a safety professional his whole life for a company. He's now going to be a missionary going into a country that needs a safety professional for that country, and he's going to serve a couple years doing that with his wife. And those kinds of things, to me, that's where the culture has really Spawned a, 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 I think, a continuing effort to, to to supply safety experts and people who, it's just like an auditor in the finances when when you. Um an audit for treasuries, you know, kind of a dirty word at times. You don't want the auditors coming, come. And, uh, but you have to learn over time that they're there as a team member. If you And safety is exactly the same way. For a big organization like us, it costs a lot to, to join a, society, a safety council and to to train all your people. But it costs way more not to do that. And so it, it, is, uh, it is an avoidance. Issue at sometimes, uh, I think the the programs spring up in in an effort to avoid uh, costly mistakes. Um, Litigation is super expensive uh, when there is a major accident juries hate an organization that didn't think about safety before that person was injured if that's organization on counterpoint was having had a very good safety program and the individual sort of didn't follow it or didn't didn't do what they were asked to do uh, that has a lot better uh, impact on the 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 whole litigation process so to me It's a it's a combination, both avoidance as well as preparation. The church is a preparation organization. That's what it teaches. Everybody knows that. It it prepares financially. It prepares socially. It prepares economically, and it 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 needs to, in my opinion, reflect that in the safety world as well.
0: Well, I'm sure it didn't hurt that Paul sounds like he was the safety champion over there. Yeah,
1: he was and is. Yeah,
2: (laughs) still is. I didn't know he was still there. Yeah, he's still there. That's good. Yeah,
1: and. And Paul wasn't the director of that department when he was, he might've been, maybe came in about that same time, but yeah, he's, he is the safety champion for the church.
0: Well, I would take that if, uh, for those of you safety managers that are listening, I would, uh, I would become a safety champion, be the charismatic uh, salesperson and, and, and sell safety and, you know, make a good case and, you know, build a community and, and I think you can sell the, uh, the CEOs and the CFOs to, you know, make investments in safety and at the end of the day, you know, keep people
1: safe and, and the company more productive
2: and going home to their families, right? Right. I mean, that's what's important.
1: And Paul has a presentation, we each present to the new, uh, new employees and to the new leadership, we it, we get 15 or 20 minutes to present sort of our key items for them to know about the organization. And when Paul does his, he always has a PowerPoint presentation about disasters, things that have happened, <laughs> and accidents that have occurred, and things that have been avoided that that could have been very bad. And and that's the favorite, everybody's favorite part, because that it, it's just tactile, you can see it, you can experience it, and uh, and I think if organizations did that and help people understand that here's a case where we could have done better, here's a case where we did exceptionally well, that really begins to help that culture of safety sort of uh, grow to the next generation. Very good.
0: Well, you mentioned that uh, you're here for our annual meeting. The Utah Safety Council annual meeting, we're uh, a public nonprofit. So once a year, publicly, we need to disclose our finances. And that's your duty today. And, and we'll uh, award uh, several of our member companies for their safety accomplishments. And so that'll happen at 1 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, Doug, you will no longer be the chairman. You'll be a free man. Right. <laughs> What's, uh, what are you going to do? What are you do all this free time now?
1: <laughs> Is this where I say I'm going to? We're going to Disney World. <laughs> like um, we're not. We've already been, and I'm still resting from that. Um, no, it's uh, I, I. I mentioned uh, to you I serve on uh, some other boards, volunteer boards, and uh, so I'll continue to do that. We, my family, we're big outdoors people. We've been not that the safety councils ha- held us back at all, but we have uh, we have a cabin up in the Fairview area, up above. Fairview by Electric Lake. And so we'll Mm. spend a little time, a little more time there. Uh, The grandkids, there's eight, nine, ninth is on the way. And so we have a pretty good group that we uh, entertain there. And they're at our house pretty much regularly. I'm, I'm blessed to have all of them close by, which uh, in in this day and age with uh, the expense of things in Davis County in particular where I live, yeah. uh, not an easy thing to have five kids all settle back close to home, but they have done that. And, and so we'll spend family time and I still expect to do the, the, the one nice thing is that we during COVID we haven't I haven't had to travel internationally. So that starts next month again, and so uh, that'll be take a little bit of my time as well. I haven't missed near as many meetings during the COVID era as I did before that, so that might take up some time.
2: Well, nine years. How did I not know your grandpa, Grandpa Doug? Yeah, I, like I didn't. That. I didn't. I
1: didn't <laughs> announce that each time. It would have gotten. You probably would have gotten old, but uh, you may have seen maybe one or two of them early on in a bees game. Would it have been the bees? What, what were they before the bees? I mean, we had a. We had our thing at their place when they were the something else, but anyway. I've huh. brought a few grandkids to things and they've appreciated oh, that. That was part of the reason why the first pitch was so important that I didn't leave it short, you know. I just didn't want to get out there and not be able to throw the uh, the entire distance uh, with the grandkids uh, looking on.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, tell us the
1: first pitch story.
2: Yeah. Well, it looked like you had either practiced or were just, you know, genu- genuinely gifted because it was a great first pitch.
1: It was <laughs> practice. Um, I, I did pitch a little as a, as a kid and, and in my teenage years, but um, it had been a long time. And so I went and found what the what the major league distance was. And I made my son go outside and make me (laughs) let me throw it at him a few times so that I could make sure I could, like I said, not short arm it because that would have been pretty embarrassing.
0: Do you play uh, church softball?
1: Well, you know, church softball's kind of gone in the way of the dodo. They, they, it doesn't I don't know what what the, the new generations do. That was a big thing for us when I was a kid and and you've obviously been familiar with that. Today, it's kind of a evolved to where we do something like family softball, a family on a Tuesday night families will come and all play together, but there's just not leagues and and people are busy and they don't even church basketball. The venerable church basketball is sort of, you know, it, it, it plays but in a stake like ours where you've got nine or ten wards that each should have a team, you end up with three or four teams because the wards have to combine to find enough people interested to play. So it's, it's just evolution. It's just new things.
0: Yeah. I got a couple of scars from church basketball. Yeah. yeah. Who, who doesn't? Who doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah, That's not safe, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, before we cut you loose and uh, you get warmed up for the big event today, do you have any advice for I or Brandy as we continue our safety council careers and journey and...
1: Well, not really. I think you guys are, are the, the professionals. I think ultimately w- the track you're on is is excellent. I think there's great things ahead. I, I, I'm ex- excited to see what the next 10 years brings from the perspective of what safety can do in some of these more technical companies, whether or not there's a way. There's a huge field of opportunity in my mind for continuing to expand from sort of the specialty trades, which we're really good at now with all of the certifications. I think there are probably a bunch, if we have the bandwidth, and that's the challenge is how, you know, how much you can do. But for me, uh, keep up doing what you're doing. I think the, the 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 trajectory and the momentum is excellent. And there is much to be done and much conti- will continue to be done to, to save lives and to improve improve people's ability to work safely, to return home to their families, and to have a a career that doesn't leave them impaired or be in a position where they're not able to provide for their family. So my counsel is just keep up the good work. Well,
0: very good. Well, I will put this out there. You know, we haven't had many perks with you on the board, but I will say that uh, if you're ever out there and you make a mistake and you get a speeding ticket or some sort of driving infraction, Come see Brandy. She'll get you a free defensive driving.
2: I'll comp your registration. (laughs) No questions
1: asked. Bless you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That may be helpful. It may come in handy.
0: Well, it's been a pleasure, and Doug, I uh, uh, formally on the record say thank you for the opportunity. I I, I remember uh, when I went down to the mine shaft at the Safety Council and interviewed. Uh, you kind of led the whole thing, and you were tough. You know, I had been bouncing around from nonprofit to nonprofit, and you looked at me and says, "I don't think you're going to stay. Why should we hire you? You're not going to be here very long." And I left the interview thinking, "Boy, I just got raked over the coals, and I'm, there's no way I'm going to get that job." But here we are. It's been a great opportunity, so I thank you for it. But you were so hard on me.
1: Yeah, well, we can continue that off, off air. <laughs> yeah. I can, I've got some more hard questions for you, for sure.
0: Well, very good. Brandy, any last words before? Yeah, I
2: mean, I just thank you very much for everything that you've done for the council, for our members, and we're all better for it. So I hope today is not the day, last day that our paths
1: cross. Agreed. So- I would hope that as well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, this has been Speaking Up for Safety. Uh, Brandon, how should I close this thing out? Yeah, you've got to think about that in advance, you, typically. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Doug, for your time. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening to this podcast. We'll catch you on the next episode. Sounds like a winner. We will figure it out. <laughs> thanks for tuning in.